This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Before we get into our show today, I wanted to say thanks to everyone who's subscribed to our podcast already and who's liked our page on Facebook. We appreciate your interest and we appreciate your support. We also want to encourage you to get involved in our podcast because that's really the key to our success here is trading our ideas and trading our knowledge. Send us a message either through the Facebook page at the PR podcast or uh, click onto our podcast on Anchor. There is, uh, that's where we host the podcast from. You can actually record a message through Anchor and send it in, and you can potentially be featured on the show. We would love to air some of your voicemail clips. Um, so, so click on that and send that along to us as well. And, you know, if all else fails, just record something into your phone and email me at jodyfisher at live.com. Um, we'll, we'll grab the file. We'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll, we'll potentially play it on the show. Uh, but please do get involved because we really want to hear from you. So our special guest today is Christina Bronsky. She's the founder of Media Sesh, which is an SEO consultancy. And she has helped companies of all sizes to improve their online visibility and to get found by their customers on search engines. Christina also conducts SEO and analytics trainings and webinars for clients located around the country, empowering business owners and marketers to make impactful and valuable next step decisions based on data. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jody. It's good to talk with you again. You and I worked together uh, at Rubenstein Communications in New York City uh, several years ago. <laughs> but that's where we first crossed paths. And so, so let's just recap sort of how we worked together. I was a traditional PR person, and you were a member of what I'll call the fledgling SEO team that we had there at the time, right? That's correct. It was the first time in our company's history that finally they started a digital division since they understood how valuable digital was becoming in this day and age. Yeah. And so um, that grows. Uh, I, we had a lot of great conversations back then talking about how to optimize press releases and how to utilize digital um, and, and talking about this uh, this buzzword that we're going to talk about today, which has become the core of what you do, SEO. Um, and search engine optimization and how important it is. And I think how we, you and I agree how important it is today, even more important than it was 10 years ago. Tell us a little bit first about MediaSesh, your company, and how you got there. Sure. So I had started MediaSesh in 2015, and it was originally a side hustle where I could earn extra money for doing SEO and dabbling into some other online marketing strategies. But I loved SEO so much that I did it both full time and on the side. But then in early 2019, I was given this opportunity to grow my business to where now it's my full-time thing. But the way in which I first got into SEO was while I was at that PR firm that we were working at together and they had just started that digital division. And I had asked the two supervisors of that team if I could join. And then a few months later, voila. So I went from doing real estate PR for a couple of years to then learning about 
online reputation management. And ever since 2009, when I first got started in SEO, I've been in different areas of it, but then I never left. That, that is a great story. And, and you dropped another uh, buzzword there, online reputation management. I guess we should slap a big old warning on this podcast, Eric. We're going to be throwing down a lot of buzzwords <laughs> and we're going to be kicking around a lot of, a lot of jargon here. So let's, let's start our conversation here with, with defining what is SEO, search engine optimization. You do it every day. What is it? Yeah. So SEO is the thing that helps you to get in front of your customers on search engines. So if you were to conduct a search on Google, there's a good chance that the listings that are appearing there, they're utilizing SEO strategies. And the way in which I like to describe SEO for people that are new to it, it's very foreign. I like to do it in three different ways. The first thing is SEO can help businesses to remain competitive online. And an analogy I'll use for this is let's say you're standing at a magazine and a newspaper stand. If that magazine is at eye level, that's going to increase the chances that you're going to be seen. It helps to increase the chances that someone may buy you versus a magazine that's on that bottom shelf where it forces people to hunch over. So if you can't, if you can be found easily, that increases the chances that you will be considered. And then the second thing is SEO helps you to remain relevant. It's like that saying, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So if you're ranking on that first page of Google, it can signify that you are more relevant than someone who's on page two and beyond. And most people don't really venture off to page two in Google and beyond. And using that newspaper and magazine example, whoever is on the cover is more relevant than someone who is on the 10th page. And that's very similar to Google and the online experience. And then there are a whole other slew of reasons as to why it's important. But the final one that I'll give you is that SEO makes it where you can make impactful business decisions where SEO and analytics go hand in hand. And we need to know if SEO is working and what we need to do differently. Uh, there's is, there is a lot to unpack there. I love the analogy <laughs> of the newsstand, right? And I got to imagine that there are some people out there, right, going, what's a newsstand? <laughs> a little bit. But, in, <laughs> but in any case, yeah, we, I guess you could probably make the same analogy with like a supermarket uh, uh, shelf, right? You know, the you see the products that are eye level. You don't necessarily see the ones that are down by your feet or maybe even the ones that are up above your head. Um, that is, those are great analogies. And I love, I also love the placement analogy too, you know, the, the cover versus page two and things like that. Yep. Um, now, now, you know, going back in, into when we used to work together, um, we used to coordinate closely uh, on, on your work with SEO and my work with PR, and you were a PR, PR agent as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about how SEO and PR and earned media work together because they do work really effectively together. You call them a great marriage. Yes, exactly. They do make a really great marriage. And having worked in PR first and then moving over into SEO, I can see how they benefit each other. And so SEO can help PR in amplifying a business's 
message online and PR can help make SEO efforts more efficient with building authority and links. And there are three examples that I can think of that and in which they help each other. And the first is, and how you and I had interacted back in the day, it's with these optimized press releases. And so you could always send out an optimized press release over the wire, such as PR Newswire, and include a few hyperlinks from that press release back to your website. Now, the weight and relevance of those links uh, from the PR distribution services, those have changed over time, but it can still help with referral traffic. So if somebody saw your press release on PR Newswire or another website that had picked it up and they clicked on a link, that's great. It's, it may not be counted as SEO traffic, but it's still traffic to your website. And that's the goal of existing online. And the other thing I'll actually say about this point is something that I still don't really see to this day uh, after all these years is sending an optimized press release via traditional methods. So publicists usually have that list that they built up over time, or they may have pulled the list from Cision, but you can include those hyperlinks in the press release. And sometimes those editors, and this happened to me very recently, they will copy and paste your press release onto their website and boom, you've got those links. And usually links links this way, that can have more weight and bring me to uh, my next bullet point in which how PR can help with link building. And link building is one of the pillars of SEO. It's when someone links from their site to your site, it's giving a vote of confidence and it's telling search engines that your site is so valuable that people are willing to link to it. So for example, if the New York Times had an article with a link back to your site, well, then that's a very strong vote of confidence and PR can help with that. And PR, in my opinion, makes it so much easier to generate links versus other methods of link building. And the thing I wanna mention about this link building, we, I think a lot of publicists have already heard of help a reporter out and that it's a great resource. And I remember using this before I even got into SEO, but now it's one way to help build links for SEO. So anyone out there that uses Harrow, just know that it's not only your fellow colleagues and the PR industry that's looking at this source, there's also a lot of SEOs looking at it too. So just keep that in mind. Um, Absolutely, yeah, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to my yeah. good friend, Peter Shankman, uh, who was the founder of Harrow uh and and sold it uh several years back but uh yeah he he is one of the uh forerunners of not only um understanding how digital works in the pr world uh, but also how to conduct yourself as a pr person and being helpful to reporters regardless of whether you're getting anything out of it that's a completely separate discussion and a separate podcast but uh, just had to mention peter there for a moment yeah, and I like what you said about how you want to be relevant. You want to respond and provide value. And that's what SEO does as well is we're not just optimizing. We want to show value. We want to provide a great user experience for anyone that gets to our website. And that's how SEO can help with a website. Is it all about link building there? You mentioned how important link building is. Is There's SEO all so, about link building or is there more yeah. to it? I think maybe once upon a time, it was more important than it is now, but that's one area of SEO that's really important. Another part of it would be the content. It's if someone gets to a page, they find you in Google and they land on that page, 
are you providing a great experience by uh, showcasing content that proves to be valuable where they then look at you as a trustworthy source of information. You're not just posting content for the sake of content's sake, you're posting something because you wanna show that you're offering something in exchange for their time. And then the other thing that's really important to SEO is the technical aspect. So you can have all this wonderful content, you could have all these links pointing to you, but if your website has technical implications that can also hinder your ability to reach your fullest potential in Google. And the greatest example of technical uh, implications is page speed. So if your website is so slow, chances are you're going to run the risk of someone leaving your website in favor of a website, another website, your competitor's website, since they're loading a lot faster and providing the same experience. And that is something that needs to be fixed before you engage in an SEO campaign, right? You've got to, you've got, that's a sort of a more technical thing, or is that something you can help with as well? Yeah, it's, it's very technical. So PageSpeed is the easiest example, but there are so many other things that might prohibit your website from, uh, performing and being technically sound. So what I'll normally do for a client is perform what's known as a technical audit and it'll dive deep into those implications and it'll recommend the things that we should do. And it's based on a priority level too, based on experience and best practices. So if I know something is impacting your website negatively, let's fix that first. And so we'll have the level of effort needed to correct this technical implication, the priority, the stakeholders that need to be involved, whether it's a developer or your content writer. And based on that, we'll create a really nice list and see how we can go down that list in order to correct these errors. Do you, when you engage with a client on an SEO campaign, you talk about link building and sort of driving people back to either the main website or maybe particular pages within a site. Well, I should back up. Do you ever do that where you you want to drive people towards maybe either a sub page or you know something further down as opposed to the home page do you ever do that with seo oh absolutely uh so let's say the client puts together a white paper, an ebook, or a really outstanding article, we are gonna wanna generate interest back to that page versus the home page and get generating links back from maybe, let's say for example, Harrow, there, there's a request out there and they're saying, we would like a quote on this. Well, you just so happen to have a page about that on your website and it provides a lot of value. So when you're pitching to this Harrow reporter and you're able to say, we've got this link and you're you're able to then get those links back to that page as well to help with building that authority. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We, and we talked a little bit before about sort of the marriage between uh, SEO and PR. Um, can SEO work? Uh, and, and we talked about, you talked about specifically uh, an optimized press release. Uh, basically putting links into a press release. And I do that all the time and I've, I've done it for years and I have absolutely seen what you talked about, which is the cut and paste effect. We're not knocking any reporters here. You know, sometimes that's just the most efficient way to do it or they won't cut and paste the entire release, but maybe they'll cut and paste a, a paragraph because it works for them or they'll cut and paste a paragraph and they'll just rewrite it a little bit. Um, but to your point, many, many times I've found that my links show up on the website version of someone's article 
because I put the link there in the first place. And I do that constantly. I don't overdo it. Is there an ideal number? I usually do about three per press release. Um, one obviously is the, the client's homepage, but then maybe something a little further down a resource or something like that. Is there an ideal recommendation for how many times you should put a link into a press release? Usually for a standard press release, two to three is a really good number. And you want those links to be different and you want the anchor text to be different as well. Anchor text is the words that you use to hyperlink it from this press release back to your website. And so the homepage is a really good link that should be a standard. Another one, let's say you mention a product or a service, you can hyperlink some targeted keywords from that press release to that very specific dedicated landing page. And if you're working on online reputation management for a person's name, uh, and so you're including a quote within this press release, go ahead and hyperlink that John Smith had said this and hyperlink John Smith's name from the press release back to his author or bio page on the website. Should you ever link back to something like their LinkedIn page or their Facebook page, or do you want to be sending people back to their website? Is that the whole point of SEO? Yeah, of course you could include those links to LinkedIn if it makes sense, because again, you're trying to provide this really great user experience. And if it makes sense to bring them to the LinkedIn page, and if the person knows that if they click on this link, it's going to bring them to the LinkedIn page, then by all means, go ahead and do that. But ultimately, with any of these marketing strategies, doesn't matter if it's SEO, social, email, the goal is really to get people back to your website, because that's where the goal completions happen. That's where the purchases are made. And that's usually where they'll pull up your phone number in order to call you. That sounds great. So then going back to the question, I think I was going to ask four questions ago, which is, which is can SEO work? Uh, what I'm saying is retroactively with earned media. In other words, let's say I've got um, some articles out there that are, you know, some hits in publications out there that are already out there. Um, can I uh, then retroactively, uh, you know, juice my website in whatever way to, um, to direct more traffic to my website or really does it, does it happen on the, the PR end of the deal or the, or the already, let's call it the already published end of the deal. In other words, if the, the link has got to be out there in order for it to drive the traffic back. It is never too late to enter the arena. And for many clients that I work with, they already have a publicist uh, that they've been working with for X number of years. And now they need or they want to incorporate SEO. And while it would be nice to work with someone early on, most of the time, maybe because of budget or resource constraints, uh, we are seemingly having to work retroactively, but we can still make some really good positive movement after the fact. So for anyone listening, it is not too late. All the head honchos have not gobbled up the results. It really will become a matter of figuring out where to insert your business that makes the most sense, where people are searching for particular terms and how to get you found. So the way in which we'll try to go, we won't go after broad keyword phrases, such as the word fintech. It's too broad. It can mean anything. It might not necessarily be someone looking for your business and chances are it's too competitive and you're probably not going to rank for it right away or if ever because of the competition. But if we go for something a little bit more long tail, like fintech companies in Colorado, okay, now we're finding a place where we can insert you and the type of keywords that we should be going after and the kind of content that we should be crafted based on 
and, and we'll write the who, what, where, when, why questions that people are searching for in order to find you. And so there's always a place and a time in which we can work with you and it is never too late. That's great. That's great. And it, it makes me think of um, the analogy that I use with clients um, who will sometimes come to me and say, um, you know, they've, they've got these dreams of a giant PR campaign and they use the phrase, we want to be everywhere. And I always <laughs> tell them to pump the brakes because you don't need to be everywhere. You need to be where you need to be. Um, and that what you were saying kind of sounds similar in at least to, to my ears that you want to fish where your fish are you want to make sure that you are reaching out to your customers or your membership or your audience um, where they are looking for you you sort of got to meet them in the middle almost in a way um, that these big broad campaigns much like you were saying with these big broad terms these big broad seo terms aren't going to be effective for you what's going to be effective is focusing your message focusing your efforts and making sure that you're going after people where you know they are am i hearing you right Oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. And I know there are people that are still very resistant and they say SEO is not for me. And to them, I say, okay, uh, well, then that's one less business that your competitors need to worry about. And if at the very least you're not going to participate, do you know what people are even saying to you or are you leaving the message in the hands of others? And that can be a real online reputation nightmare. So at least keeping a keen eye on the conversations, maybe that's a way to start just to show the value of SEO and other marketing strategies as well before doing a full on SEO campaign. Does an SEO campaign ever get tweaked along the way? I imagine it does, right? Or do you turn it on and just set it and forget it? Oh, no. SEO always needs tweaking. And that could be for a number of reasons because algorithms are changing. New competitors come in and out of the arena. And chances are your website is always being updated. And because of these different variables, that can impact where you are. So let's say you have an SEO campaign and you decide to shut it off. There is a chance that maybe you can coast for a little bit, but because of these different variables and suddenly you're ranking well today, that doesn't mean and it does not guarantee that you're going to rank well tomorrow and chances are your competitors never stopped. So for you to want to go back retroactively, try to regain those positions, it could be a challenge and you may not reach your fullest potential uh, in, a, in a position that you once had. So SEO is never a set it and forget it strategy. It's more of a set it, monitor, and iterate strategy, but never stop. When you and I were working together, I know that I had at least one client who I will uh, not name um, that we engaged in a, it was, he was a very nice man, uh, engaged in um, sort of an SEO campaign for him. And we did so by creating a blog that had lots of opportunities for SEO links. We did some work with some video. Um, we did a lot on the, what I'll call the owned media side, right? Where we could control everything that was going on versus the earned media side, pitching out news stories, which is what I traditionally do. Um, uh, not that we didn't do that, but we did do some pitching of blogs and things like that. But all of that content that we created, his website, his videos, and all those things contributed to his SEO. Uh, and part of the reason we wanted, he wanted to do that was to get rid of certain SEO results that were, that were ranking on that first page. Is there, 
are there ways to get rid of those, what I'll call bad SEO results, you know, whether it's that bad news article or that bad blog? Is there a way to get that off the first page of search results with SEO? I feel like this question might have been what created online reputation management. So we can't really get rid of results in Google. We can never call up an editor and say, hey, that was really mean of you to write. Please take that down, uh, especially if it's true. But what we can try to do, as you had mentioned, is displace those negative results with something else. And we could increase the chances of that happening by using a combination of good SEO and good PR. And an example of that would be uh, creating other owned digital assets such as social media. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, those can rank really well in Google for branded keyword phrases. Uh, the other thing that could happen is distributing a press release and getting placed in a high authority website since those can sometimes displace those negative results as well. And we want to work hard to get those listings to page two because as the saying goes, the best place to hide a dead body is on the second page of Google search results. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But I guess it, it all starts with having a conversation with someone like yourself who can guide you through all of this, right? Exactly. So if you're ever curious about SEO, I do recommend speaking with a number of different SEO consultants to see who the perfect match for your business would be. And I do have a blog post on my website, how to find a good SEO consultant in case you wanted to know the kinds of questions that you should ask and the qualities that you should look for when speaking with an SEO consultant. Well, that is a great segue into allowing me to plug your business here. Let people know how they can find you online, Christina. You can find me, of course, on my website, mediasesh.com, or I'm on Twitter as well, at C Brodsky, Brodsky with a Z, not an S. Feel free to uh, message me, and you could read about all my SEO adventures. Awesome. And I, I did uh, take a look at your website and your blog. You got some great reading there, some great resources. So people, if you're interested in SEO and how it can work to help propel your PR campaign, or even if you just want to get into SEO on its own, check out Mediasesh, M-E-D-I-A-S-E-S-H.com uh, and, and dial up Christina because uh, she's, a, she's a total pro. So Christina, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show, like us on Facebook at The PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. And we'll see you next time on The PR Podcast. Mm -hmm.